My name is Vivian Law. I researched Wayne Miller, class of 1940, for the 2022 Illini Media Hall of Fame. He died in 2013, and while he was at the university, he was a photographer for the Daily Illini and Ilio Yearbook. And in his lifetime, he was a wartime and magazine photographer. For our 150th anniversary here at the Illini Media Company, we are sitting down with 20 talented and successful alumni to talk about their experience at the University of Illinois, the Daily Illini, WPGU, and the Ilio Yearbook. On April 9th, we inducted all 20 into the 2022 class of our Illini Media Hall of Fame. Wayne Miller's resume includes three books and two Guggenheim fellowships. He was president of Magnum Photos, a freelance photographer for Life Magazine, National Geographic, and Ebony, a member of the American Society of Magazine Photographers, and co-curator of the Museum of Modern Art's historic exhibit, The Family of Man. Assigned to Edward Steichen's U.S. Navy Combat Photo Unit, he was one of the first Americans to photograph Hiroshima after it was bombed. After retiring in 1975, he devoted himself to protecting California's forest before he passed away in 2013 at the age of 94. Today, WPGU Program Director J. Sidney Malone speaks with Daily Illini Assistant News Editor Vivian Law, who wrote the Daily Illini's profile on Daily Illini and Ilio Yearbook alums and the 2022 Illini Media Hall of Fame inductee, Wayne Miller. Vivian, thank you for talking with me. So Wayne Miller is a huge icon in photography and, you know, his his experience and the things that he turned out definitely precedes him. But what can you tell me about Wayne Miller, the man? How did he get started and how did he get to U of I? Wayne Miller was born and raised in Chicago in 1918, and he actually got his first um, camera when he graduated high school from his dad. And so he tried to study banking at U of I, and he worked at the Daily Illini and Ilio Yearbook. And then he tried to go to art school, but then realized it wasn't for him. And after that, he like enlisted in the military, and that's where he joined a photography unit led by Edward Steichen. And it was there that he like spent a lot of his time on aircraft carriers, a lot on just the front lines of the war, or just taking photos of people fighting in the war. And he was one of the first people to photograph the destruction after the atomic bomb was dropped in Hiroshima. And yeah, he called it the ultimate denial of sanity. And it was most, it, from my research, I'm understanding that a lot of his work is fueled by this need to like show people as they are. And that stems a lot from what he saw in the war, because after the war, he got some fellowships to just photograph um, the South Side of Chicago and black communities. And again, he kept saying that this was a goal of his was always to just show people how much they had in common with each other. And it's this thing, he, he calls it like the oneness of man, this idea that humans are just, they have a lot of co a lot in common. And so photography is a way to just show people as they are in the hopes that, you know, people can relate to each other. The famous quote I think from him is, photograph mankind to explain man to man. What did he do in his photography that, you know, really expressed that? I mean, it's difficult to explain photography over the air, but in what ways can you describe his photographs and how they're composed that really do that explaining man to man? Yeah, something that comes to mind is his work from um, the South Side of Chicago, and he specifically photographed black communities like post-war. And so he actually started working with Ebony Magazine at the time as like an on-staff photographer in collecting some of these images, but he was photographing ordinary people in their lives. And at this point in history, a lot of people hadn't, there were no photographs of people just like on the South Side, just living. And so, you know, he captured like people in factories, people in their homes, people just 
doing their daily things. He captured people crying. He captured people laughing and in clubs and like all of that. He also got there were photos of like Ella Fitzgerald and Duke Ellington and those that those collections. But yeah, it was just basically a way to show people the humanity of the people of the South in the South Side at the time. And it was just another way to show everyone that, you know, these are just human beings trying to live their lives, trying to do what they could to survive and just, yeah, just very much humanize the piece, a group of people that at this point hadn't had a lot of recognition at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, if you go all the way back to his beginning of the Daily Illini, it's difficult for you to speak to maybe his experience and, and the, what things he got from it. But drawing from what you know about his time at the Daily Illini versus what he's doing out in the real world, how did his work at the Daily Illini impact the stuff that he was doing later on? He studied banking at U of I, and then he just photographed for the DI and ILIO on the side. And even from some of my research, it was hard to find a lot of the details of like his experience in college. But from what I've gathered, it's just... A lot of it happened. It was like the, it was a very much like a foundation for him. I mean, also, he got his first camera when he was in high school, just leading up to college. So I'm sure that that had a lot to do with, you know, that new experience. And just it goes back to like some of the wonderful benefits of like student media. And just it's just a good starting point for Wayne Miller, but a lot of other people and a lot of other people who are interested in pursuing this for a living. And I mean, he also I'm sure part of it probably inspired him to go to art school after doing banking. But I mean, he tried it and he didn't like it. And I guess that's all you can really do in like college and just school in general, just give it a try and just see what you like or don't like about it. Yeah. And it's obvious that he didn't pursue banking as a career. So something at the Daily Illini really must have sparked something for him with photography. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about his experience after college. Um, there's this sort of famous story um, where uh, there's a photo, actually, of a pilot being pulled from a fighter jet. And the story goes that there was supposed to be or there was a photographer on that plane. And that photographer was supposed to be Wayne Miller, but he wasn't able to go. And the photographer that replaced him died. Uh, but Wayne Miller went on from there to do a lot more impactful work. So, I mean, what can you talk about? You know, how did he take that experience and, uh, you know, move it on to the rest of his career? Yeah, I think a lot of his work, like after World War II, was very much shaped by the things he saw in the war. Like he didn't go, he had an opportunity to photograph like the surrender of Japan and just he decided not to go because he wrote in one of his books that he was just tired of the war. He was tired of seeing all of this like violence. And so a lot of what he photographed did impact the way he decided to photograph things after that. Like I'm thinking about like his South side work, but also he photographed his family a little bit and some like his children. But yeah, I think, I mean, war is just the extremes of humanity. He called um, the bombing at Hiroshima, the ultimate denial of sanity. And there's also another famous quote. He said that guns and bombs might win the war, but ignorance and suspicion would surely lose the peace. And only through awareness and understanding could foes ever become friends and friends become neighbors. And so I think it's this universal idea that he really tries to convey in his work because he saw the worst of humanity when he was photographing like the front lines of the war. And I can't imagine what that does to a person, but it's very much shows in his future works, like 
this is just what he's been trying to convey the entire time. It's incredible to see that experience transitioned into his work back home, right? Stateside, he comes and he uh, has a lot of work in photography still. But uh, even in those uh, projects and exhibitions that he was doing, like his work on the South Side, uh, you can see a lot of those influences, that sort of raw humanity. Can you talk a little bit more about his family of man work at MoMA and the World is Young project? Yeah, so it was actually very interesting to learn more about it because I've heard of the Family of Man exhibit before, and it's a very famous exhibit. It was actually led by Edward Steichen, who was the one who recruited him to work on this naval like photography unit. He was Wayne Miller was an associate curator at this exhibit, and the ultimate goal was just to form global solidarity. It was right after the war. It was Edward Steichen's goal to just again show like humanity like as it was, and in the hopes of like bringing people together. And yeah, the family of man like it, it was very popular everywhere it toured. It broke attendance records, and basically what he and Steichen had to do was they got shipments of photos from people all over the world, from photographers, from like like people who were not full-time photographers, but they probably looked at 4 million images, he told the San Francisco Chronicle um, in 1997, and he had to whittle that down to 503, which I can't even begin to imagine just the process of whittling that down. But yeah, they settled in 503 images that they thought represented humankind. And one of these photos was actually one of Wayne's own images that he he shot. It was a photo of his son being born and it was his wife, his wife and his son are in the photo. And actually the, the doctor delivering the baby was his father, his own father. And so this became like a very, like a highlight of the exhibit. And it was, it was like the centerpiece and the photo actually ended up being part of the golden record, which was the time capsule that was launched uh, with the Voyager in the 1970s, which I think is really, really cool. But yeah, again, it's just that constant, that theme again of just representing humanity as it is and just global solidarity. That's incredible. I, that work is so impactful way beyond even his life. Of course, Wayne Miller dies in 2013, uh, but he gave up photography, retired uh, in the mid 70s. So for 40 years, he wasn't shooting photos. He wasn't managing a collection. He wasn't photographing war or sending things into space. So what was Wayne Miller up to uh, from 75 onward. Yeah, he wrote in a book, actually, he was talking to a friend about, um, he, his friend had asked him why he retired so early. And he actually said that he had been an observer of life for so long, like as a photographer, and he just wanted to be a part of life now. And a lot of that has to do with his environmental advocacy work that he did. He he had been living in Northern California since 1950s with his family, and he was he started to become very passionate about preserving redwood forests. Like he and his wife actually bought like a patch of land like to preserve it. And yeah, in his retirement, he did a lot in his retirement regarding the environment. He helped found the forest land owners of California. He lobbied for laws encouraging like forest preservation. And he also did some educational work. He worked with the National Park Service and developed some programs for kids there. He was also executive director of the Public Broadcasting Environmental Center. And he just was very much involved in trying to preserve forests and preserve the environment for future generations. That's incredible. Vivian, thank you for talking to me about Wayne Miller. Uh, it's been a very great experience to learn more about his life from your experience, and I'm eager to read your profile all about him. Yes, of course. Thank you so much. 